you start recording? Yeah, but we're off to a great start of it being frozen. Is it still frozen? No, you're good now, but you were frozen for a little bit. <laughs> so we will see what... I feel like today's episode's about to get very strange. I... Well, those are our best ones. Yeah, that's... I think that's what we like to think, so... <sighs> um. <laughs> oh, God. It's been 10 seconds, and it's off the fucking rails. Actually, technically, we haven't even started yet. We can, we're just starting. Okay. This is the story of our lives. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> not even there a good go. can opening. It was like a... We're having a day today. We're we just are. straight up having not having a good time, but we're all right. We're going to make a good time. This is going to change our whole mood. You know, my we whole mood just changed. Week. Oh, delicious. We enjoy doing this so much that like... It's such a mood changer for both of us. Like when we're like stressed out with all of this, like an hour of just sitting talking about basically nothing is so fun for us. So I'm glad that we get to do it. I just well, want to say that. Yeah. So we, you know, you when we're doing this, this is how we do it. Um, I said I was going to do the rundown that were things we're going to talk about like five hours ago. It happened like <laughs> five minutes ago. Um, Texas Tech getting a facility upgrade is the number one story. In college football, Texas, we'll talk about it, okay? Don't get we'll me wrong. We need content. But that is troubling. Like, when I go to news and I'm like, oh, Uh-oh. shit. Like, we got to manufacture content about Texas Tech facility upgrades. By the way, I do like them a little bit this year. Um, it's trouble. But this is, so Paige, so we've got media days coming up. I do have a rant about those. Uh, and I had an interesting Amazing. I had an interesting DM exchange with a fellow reporter today talking about my my media day thoughts. Cause there are, you know, people are asking me if I'm going to certain media days and the answer is no. Uh, we'll get to that. Yep. Why that's a good thing or a bad thing or not. Um, but this is like the true calm before the storm, because once talking yes. season starts, you got the preview mags coming out. Uh, next year you're going to have a goddamn video game coming out. By the way, a year from now, you're going to have NCAA football back or whatever the hell they're calling it. EA football. So this is it. Like after this, it's like an avalanche of like, don't camp start in like three weeks, basically. Like, yeah, it's go it time. It feels here. when you say like the calm before the storm, it's like when you feel that humidity and you see the clouds sort of rolling in and you're getting that like anticipation of it. You're like, oh, I like the anxiety of it. I feel yes. like almost so anxious to have it start because I feel like once we go, it's just like a nonstop thing. But like you said, having Texas Tech being like the biggest storyline currently, I mean, I guess. We can start with our our friend of the pod, or so we like to think, Nick Saban, um, talking and giving his thoughts on super conferences and basically saying it's inevitable um, and it's happening, which we sort of know. I am still a bit annoyed that, like, we have no clarity on what's happening with, like, the Pac-12. Like, we're a year away, almost. Yep. I think the date is, like, August 2nd, 2024, when UCLA and USC officially leave. Like, we're a year out from something not so great. Like, how how have we not figured something out? Like, I didn't want them to rush it, but I'm also, like, I'm a little worried that you have no answer for it now. Um, I, I agree with you. Um, and, like, every time we've had, like, injections of this, uh, two years in a row, at similar times, we've expected an avalanche and it didn't happen, or an immediate avalanche, and it never mm-hmm. came. And so, but this does feel different. Because you mentioned it, like the time for these teams to leave is approaching. You have a new Big 12 coming. You have teams that are coming in. You have teams that are leaving. Uh, obviously, the Pac-12 stuff is coming. So, 
you know, and back to Saban, like he says, basically mega conferences are likely here to say, stay, excuse me. And, uh, you know, some quotes here said, but I think we're going to deal with in a greater capacity than ever before because I think mega conferences are probably here to stay market share. There's a lot of that involved in why we're doing what we're doing. What he is saying without like being a jerk about it, because this is what Nick Saban does is that like, this is about money. What? Oh yeah, of course. He, I was going to say, I told you so because yeah, he also it, told us. Well, and he's in, they're in a great position too. Like, yeah, he owns that too. But, but also I saw Matt Hayes, um, you know, friend actual of the show, friend of the actual, pod. <laughs> actual friend of the pod report. <laughs> they're talking to big uh, SEC people that they don't want to expand yet. Now, again, all of this more hinges, so than adding Texas and Oklahoma. You more mean? than adding Texas and Oklahoma, that they're fine where they that are. Makes right sense. Now. They it don't does. want Clemson. No, I, they I don't think need anybody. They want to see where things fall. And mm -hmm. I think they know they're not going to be a destination most likely for Notre Dame. I think it would be the big 10. Nope. Um, so I think if you're the SEC, you're not in a rush to expand, but at the same point, it does feel kind of inevitable, right? If the big 10 were to add Notre Dame and Clemson, which I think is actually a possibility, um, depending on how the, all the ACC legal stuff falls out. And again, when I say this, let's not attach a timeline to it. Cause this is a long con, but Notre Dame, certainly if they add Notre Dame, then it's going to be, you know, is it going to be Stanford? Is it going to be Oregon? Who knows? Then I think it'll be interesting what the SEC does, but Without a doubt, you are going to have the SEC and you're going to have the Big Ten, and then you're going to have some sort of – the Pac-12 and the Big 12 are not – one of them is not long for this world, I don't – I think. Would you agree? Like, there's going to be some yeah. – they might, they might combine. Like, they're going well, to have to do something. It's going to be strange, but I feel like it's going to be the Big 12, the SEC, and the Big Ten – so the ACC and the Pac-12 are just going to disperse into each of those conferences, in my opinion. Yeah. But, like, how that all shakes out is going to be very, very strange. And like you said, the SEC has the luxury of they're the conference that can sit still and wait and see what everyone's doing and come in last minute and offer up a spot in their conference and take people away from a rumored conference they hear that something's happening in and a team is coming into. So... Oh, it's just so strange. And it's going to happen at the weirdest times. Like it's going to happen in like the heat of the season where oh, we're yeah. like still have like six to seven teams in the, in the uh, playoff conversation. Um, it's going to happen at like the busiest time of the year where like things are going to go down and it's going to change like that. I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing. I fail to acknowledge the ACC pretty much always in expansion discussions. Like, Realignment, like, <laughs> I, like literally, when you said ACC, well, because Clemson I was like, is what has made them relevant I, well, for years, like, and then oh, they just shit. That's right, they're a thing. Like, I, there's five, and there's going to be three. There's going to be a big three. I think there will be, and with that, by the way, will be will come a new playoff format, of course. Um, yes, that will come. Um, I will say, um, the teams that joined the Big Twelve already, like. They lucked out in this circumstance because a lot of them could have been left out for other Power Five teams if they yes. didn't have the discussion and get in, and there was going to be the big three. Like, props to like Houston and Cincinnati and yeah. UCF. Like, they're getting it. I mean, yes, obviously those those teams specifically have all done a great job and played well and played probably at a higher caliber than a lot of Power Five teams. But I think it's 
amazing that they lucked out on the sense that they didn't have to worry about the situation of not being in the big three. I just like you are taking this opportunity to shit on UCF, which I promote and encourage um, <laughs> ever so slightly. Uh, but you are correct, by the way. If the Big 12 was looking at the landscape now, uh, it might look different. Your teams you're yeah. adding might look would look different, and they may be different. So, no, I, I think Saban, as is usually the case, is right about this. Mega conferences are here to say, like, it's only they're going to get larger, and we're probably going to get less of them. Like, yeah, we talked about it last week. The end game, most likely is that the NCAA is probably out of this mix. And that's the long-term endgame where the SEC and maybe the Big Ten or whomever will partner and say, let's do our own thing. Let's do our own bracket. Um, again, the, the big part, back to Saban's mega conferences are here to stay. None of this, I feel like, is good for college football. I've thought about this a lot. So, yes. we, we talked about it last week. I've thought about it since. I really don't love the idea that like we are making college football the NFL and we'll be fine. Yeah. You and I will love it. We'll cover it. Saturdays are still sacred and they will remain sacred, yeah. but it's still like the, the further we go and the more we talk about this, the more real it becomes that we're getting further away. What probably drew us in to a large degree Initially. of the sport. You yeah. know what I mean? No. And I think last week we were just like in the initial shock of it. And now it's, we couldn't decide like whether it was good or bad. And now I, I do feel like this is starting to get not so great. Like, it's great for the moneymakers. It's great for the players themselves. Um, I think it's it's just going to change a lot. Like, I was looking at some of the the conversations that there was an article that, like, how about how the the um, Big Ten and UCLA and USC, like, so, sort of started these conversations. And, like, the main topic when this conversation came up was the Rose Bowl. And, like, the, the fact that, like, there's, I mean, it's been going on since like World War Two. Like I don't know. It was just like kind of crazy to look back at like what World War was happening when this like all started. Don't quote me on that. I'm terrible at history. But it's just like kind of crazy to think that like this is like it's like embedded in like actual history as opposed to just us being like oh it's historic. But like college football has been around for what we celebrated like the 150 years of college football. Like, there's so much stuff that has happened that's been the same. Yes, things have, have tweaked and realignments happened, but, like, tradition and, um, like, teams that have played each other, rivalries, those things have all relatively been the same for a very long time. So it's just, like, very odd that that stuff's all going to sort of go away. I mean, it's going – the product's just going to be different. The Rose Bowl in particular is kind of hilarious. I'm glad you brought that up. I know what year. Sorry. Wait, well, go ahead. It up. But the Rose Bowl, like in realignment or the playoff, the Rose Bowl has been the sticking point more so than any other game. We must protect the Rose Bowl at all costs. Don't get me wrong. Outside of the Masters, there is no better like optics viewing experience other than the Rose Bowl. It is magnificent. But it was, like, protected at all costs. And then the Big Ten's like, yeah, you know what? Actually, never mind. We're going to add USC. Okay. Since the end of World War II, I was right. Okay. You were actually, yeah, that, that was a bold call. I was really. The site of like, war. Oh. Um, but, spe <laughs> but speaking of this, too, I we read today that California regents are going to discuss litigation in terms of UCLA's move to the Big Ten. So um, this is from Saturday Down South. UCLA looks to move to the Big Ten. The University of California Board of Regents has introduced a discussion about the matter through the lens of litigation. Um, so basically, it's can we sue? 
right? Matters yeah. involving litigation with discussion and open sessions concerning those matters would have you know, adversely affect or be detrimental to the public interest. If you remember with Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State, when Oklahoma's moving to the SEC, it was like, ah, uh -uh, right? There was a lot of similar discussions yeah. when a rival is going when it's not good for business. Uh, this is not going to work, right? This is, um, this is... Actually, there might be a leg to stand on because they're both part of the UC system. So I think that could be what it is. I'm trying to think. I'm... I, yeah, I don't... I think it's going to be... Uh, you, no, and you may be there right. There could be room for it, but I don't think it holds up in court. I don't think Cal is willing to spend that much money. I mean, UCLA doesn't have the money to fight that either, so there's that, but we'll they will front, eventually. Yeah, they'll front them. When they get part of that $1 billion deal or whatever they were saying, anticipating it was going to be, but um, but I just... At this point, like, it's silly. Like, Cal should be looking internally, being like, holy shit, we need to figure something out. And they need to link themselves to somebody. They need to get in with... Stanford, they need to get in with someone because I, it's not going to be good. They're going to be odd man out. Like that's yeah, the team Cal, I can see just like yeah. not even being in a in a the big three. They're like, mm, okay, Cal, you're fine. Cal is in trouble, right? And if you're Oregon State right now, you're calling Oregon like, buddy, buddy, like let's do this together, <laughs> right? Uh, these teams, though, you're right. There's going to be teams uh, unable to you know find a conference they think suits them. Cal is one of them. If Stanford doesn't go to the Big Ten, where is Stanford? Are they an Ivy League team or are they a Big Ten team? Right? Like seriously, yeah. like that. When you and you when you look at the trajectory of the program, it's been it's been bad. Um, I so I'm really never been more grateful for being a basketball school because yeah, that will save us. Very true. You, at least you have one sport that will save you. No, ASU for sure. Could be on the out too. Like not gonna lie. No, absolutely. Um, but it's I. I feel for you, Cal. Uh, you're, I don't think this is going to go well. It looks petty when you see these headlines, but I understand if I'm Cal, I'm like devastated by this. If yeah. Cal's my football team, I'm like, I'm starting to question what the future is. And yet you read this and you think the likelihood of this is not good. Even if there is a leg to stand on the likelihood of something, is this how, is it going to alter anything? No. Could, could this somehow result financially no, it's uh, gonna... beneficial for them? Maybe. It's going to hurt a lot of athletes. Like, it's going to hurt a lot of guys that have already committed there, who are already there, who have already started their degrees. Like, I, it, it there are going to be places where it hurts players. It's not the, the teams that were good and already making money that are going to be hurting. Sort of like Nick Saban said, he's like, it's going to be the haves and the haves-nots, and not, we're part of the haves, so that's great. But it is going to be an issue for a lot of schools that get sort of left out of this big three, which is my anticipation. That's not confirmed that they're just going to have three, but that's no, sort of what but we I, all think. I, I'm with you there. Um, let's move on to more important topics, which is conference media days. Um, I have a little bit of a rant, but first, uh, like these are happening now. Big 12, mm -hmm. July 14th, July 15th, SEC, July 19th to the 22nd, ACC, July 21st to the 22nd, Big 10, July 22nd to the 23rd. Pac-12, July 27th. It's just kind of sad that it's one day, but that's fine. And then you've got the MAC in Conference USA and Mountain West and Sunbelt, basically all around the same area. Um, okay, as someone that has done this uh, plenty in the past, Media Days, uh, it gets me excited. Because when you think of Media Days, it's like right before camp. It's talking season. It usually delivers content. 
Um, so I am excited about media days in a sense page because they remind us that like the football season is here, but let me yeah. rant a second about media days. They, okay. For what we do, what I do, they are largely useless. They are mm. incredibly useless. The best part about media days is going to bars after media days and getting <laughs> drunk with other people that are in the college football world, that that networking is way more valuable than yes. listening to Vanderbilt's um, safety tell you about Vanderbilt. No, I'm sorry, yes. Vanderbilt. I don't mean to be a dick. But but the, the, the actual, what they are and what they actually are are two very different things. Mm -hmm. Do I have fun at Media Days? Yes. Am I exhausted after listening like the third team talk? Yes, because most of it is just bullshit. The coaches, the yeah. players, it's it's like a script. And you'll get a couple of good lines out of each media day. And you'll get some good realignment juiciness. But Paige, I I can't say I've ever gotten a lot out of them, especially in social media, where I can get a quote served to me like within seconds and know what is said yeah. without having to stand 300 feet from a podium to hear it in person. Or sit in that freezing cold ballroom. Um, oh, this please. is just a pro tip to anyone going to any sort of media day, despite the fact cool. that, um, so my first SEC media day was in Hoover, Alabama. Um, and now it's in Atlanta this year. Um, yes. And then I think Nashville the following year. So maybe we'll go next year. Um, but yes. <laughs> but a lot more bars to be explored. Um, For sure. Not that Atlanta doesn't have them. But I it was like supposed to be like 100 degrees out and like super humid. And so I like packed accordingly, but we were sitting in a ballroom that was literally 60 degrees and I was shivering the whole time. And you sit in there for like hours waiting for all of the people to come in. Um, and then you can like disperse and talk to the players when they come in. But yeah, like you said, going is not for like media members is really not a big thing. I like the content we get out of it for like team accounts and like Twitter accounts, like the outfits are great. Like social media wise, it's kind of a fun thing because yes. we get to see like, okay, some of these players are t being, are able to talk for the first time. Um, you know, schools have fun with it. It's not as much pressure. They don't feel like super guarded about, you know, the program and things like that. Um, but yeah, I really find them to be like, sort of like the quote, the talking season quote, it is a lot of talk and, um, We'll get to the good stuff once camp starts, but I think they're, the majority of media day fun is is had after hours. Yeah, now the, Oh, for sure. Now, the one thing I am curious by, so I, I didn't, I got to look at the SEC schedule. Um, I know that Alabama is bringing Bryce Young and Will Anderson, and I believe Jordan Battle mm -hmm. was the third. Mm -hmm. Now, that's actually kind of a big deal for Alabama because Alabama historically – doesn't necessarily bring their best players. Well, let me rephrase that. Alabama is very mindful of like the representation of the university. And it's like, yeah. if, they, if somebody doesn't get invited, it doesn't mean they're not worthy of it. But Alabama mm -hmm. wants to put his, its best ambassadors up beyond its best players. And it's like, it's pissed people off over the years. If like some really good player and they've had so many, Gets snubbed. I think it's pretty interesting that Bryce Young and Willie Anderson are both there because we kind of know how Saban feels about them. You know, press conference last year, everybody sit down, like talking about those two, which was was awesome. You know, so um, you are going to probably see maybe in the same press room the number one and number two overall pick 
in the draft talk, which I think is is pretty neat. Um, but outside of that, no. Lane Kiffin will be fun. Jimbo and Saban, they're gonna ask. <laughs> they're gonna ask. Nick it was about a nothing it. burger, but now there's more to it. So I'm hoping. Yeah. It was, I mean, a nothing burger when they went to uh, the meetings and the coaches' meetings in Destin. But I'm like kind of curious if people will pry and try to get one of them to say something. Oh, and to be yeah. fair, to be fair, um, Jimbo deserves oh, it. Boy. So I oh, hope. Boy. No, they're gonna pry, but the two of them will diffuse it. I will bet you that they'll talk about it in advance. Cooler heads will prevail. I think neither of them, I don't think either of them want content heading into the season. I know Nick doesn't. Nick Nick wants football. Jimbo, I think, wants football unless he's, you know, somebody pokes the, the, the nest again and he has to go fly around. But I, is there anything media day wise, like, Honestly, the most I remember I went to Conference USA's Media Days. Conference USA was doing, I think it was a nut, one of like a 38 Lane Kiffin stories. And it that was actually pretty cool because the access there, there wasn't a ton of people. It was a really cool yeah. setting. Um, it was in Texas. Got an awesome like Yeti. Uh, that's the, that's what I'm here for. It's free shit. Um, <laughs> but but like you could get some access points. I um, the other thing, Paige, I hate because I feel like now just a fucking old man is, and we saw this at the national championship, is like the homerdom. So you have team sites that cover teams, and, and a lot of them do a really good job. Make yeah. no mistake about it. You've got a Georgia site or an Alabama site. Like our, We have people that we really like that are beep reporters for that cover teams, and they're great at what they do. You also have questionable fan sites. I, I don't even know what the hell they call them. What the fuck are they? Like They're like, it's cheerleader shit, and... And the questions that are asked or just like are amazing. Now, here's my two favorite questions. I love in a room press conference with everybody, it, like Coach Saban, um, Al, Alabama from the Tuscaloosa frenzy. Uh, talk about the backup guard depth that you guys have. Like in front of the room full of people when someone's asking about the punting job or the backup guard depth. Those are like my favorite things because you've got national writers who are like chomping at the bit, like, give me this fucking mic. I'm going to ask the shit out of this Jimbo question. And you've got local beat reporters who are like, yeah, I covered that like weeks ago. Talk to me about guard play. Talk to me about punters. So that Mm -hmm. I'm going to miss for media days is not hearing the local guys ask the most hilariously (laughs) team centric questions. Good news is they're mostly tweeted and they're so funny. Oh yeah. Um, they are pretty entertaining. I mean, I will say like we're part of the media, so we can't hate super hard on no. this. Like we love it just as much as anyone, but it's like it's kind of funny when you like I think it's certainly changed over the years because of social media. I think before this was way more useful, but now that you can get everything from Twitter and there are really great like national reporters that do a good job of sort of giving the feel of the room, if you will, um, based on the questions asked. Um, but yeah, I'm, I mean, outside of SEC, like, I'm kind of curious to see what Dabo has to say. Like, I'm I'm very yeah. curious in terms of conference realignment, like, what his – someone has to ask him. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm kind of excited paying to get players, you'll get that greatest hit from oh. Dabo. On NIL deals, that uh, the, the sport is... He's still losing. coaching. He's still coaching. Yeah. So... No, um, 
I can't believe in coming up with an Alabama name, my name was Al Alabama. That's bad. That's not, I'm not on my game. Because isn't the mascot Big Al? Oh yeah. Maybe that was like, (laughs) but no, I, so then I'm, I rip on media days and I said this in my chat today. And then when they're going on page, I'm going to have tremendous FOMO. I'm going to be like, oh, God damn it. the most. God you just damn sit it. on I wish my I was tweet there. deck and watch everybody's stuff scroll in, like the same pictures of mm. people coming in. Karaoke I love nights. The SEC Media Days that we, yeah, karaoke night is really fun. Um, the, we actually got a good, I remember my favorite quote from Media Days past was Joe Burrow, and he talked about how he bruises like a peach. So, um, that was like the best content I got. And also, I really would like to point out that there were maybe five people there to ask Joe Burrow questions. Yeah. No, which is I mean, so funny. At the beginning of that season, like nobody had really anything. He was telling us he bruises like a peach. That was what was going on. I think like there was maybe five questions. Yeah, because he was this transfer that played okay. And then he, you know, mm-hmm. just had the best season a quarterback's ever had. Won the Heisman, number one overall yep. pick, and became like a top yeah. five quarterback. No big deal. Wait, no, the but Super Bowl, I, like he just, we, who could have known? Who could have known? But now that I speak to it, and you know, I say how I don't want to be involved in media days. Now I can't stop talking about it. Like the Big Twelve, <laughs> the pa- what is the tone going to be of the Pac twelve media days? Like depressing. It's always de- been that way. <laughs> well, that's actually a good point. Yeah, it's always been. I feel sad. bad. There are people that I know that work for the Pac twelve, and they are really wonderful people, and they're trying their best with the product that they have. But USC and UCLA leaving is going to make it a very awkward press. I, and, or, and, uh, you're, days. and you're going to ask coaches, frankly, that have true. I know that, you know, did Lincoln Riley know about this before he took the job? Absolutely not. Um, so you're going to ask coaches these Still questions that they don't. How the hell do they answer it? They're, they're not involved in this. So you're going to yeah. ask, like, you know. All these coaches at the Arizona schools and the Oregon schools, like, what do you think? And these guys are like genuinely well, like, I, yeah, I coach football, like that's what yeah. I do. Well, it's like, what do you think is going to be next for your school? Because it's going to be different for every school. Like, you have no idea. No one's really staying. Like, they're going to be like, we're loyal to the Pac-12, and that's what's going to happen until they leave, until they secretly have a meeting and dip with somebody else. I like your nerdy I, Pac-12 voice. Yeah, like, just, just like <laughs> I expect. Like, I expect in the middle of the year, the Pac-12 just like completely blows up. It's going to be I, a, a really sad, sad, sad day for me. I want this all to break during media days, which it kind of did last year, actually, with Texas and Oklahoma, right? Like, it actually did. I think it happened during SEC media days, and they asked Sankey, and he is like, you know. Oh, yeah, he couldn't say anything, and then it came like, out like the next day it was confirmed. Yes. Um, so I'm After hoping for something over. like that. So I, again, are media days valuable? No. Do, will I miss them tremendously? Yes. <laughs> um, and I, it, football is coming though. I mean, football is here. Phil Stills magazine is out. We are, we are getting very close. And the biggest story of the week, Paige, are you ready for this? Texas Tech is spending $200 million dollars on facilities and a football stadium. Now, okay, Texas Tech right now, and for the foreseeable future, is Big 12 bound. Um, But what does this tell me that Texas Tech can spend that much money that even if you're not in the SEC or the Big 10, uh, there's a lot of money in this sport and there's a lot of support. That's That's a state and a program that loves its football. 
It's actually a really interesting place to see a game, by the way. One of the strangest places to see a football game is Lubbock. Really? Uh, but in a charming way. Like, I, yes, in a charming where the hell are we? What am I doing here way? Well, there's and like I, nothing there, right? No, but it's still, um, that's like football encapsulated to a degree because expectations are modest. Uh, my guy, Zach Kitley, this year, the offensive coordinator is going to be great. But the fact that they can spend $200 million on a facility like at this time, post-COVID, right? Remember all this where everybody Inflation? was out of money? <laughs> yeah, yeah. $200 million. Like, I don't know what my largest takeaway is other than like wow. there's a lot of fucking money in this sport. And it's not yeah. just Alabama and the teams that you would assume have it. No. Well, and to be fair, this is Texas. Like they spend what feels like that much on their high school um, facilities. So, yes. um, yeah, it's wild to me that people care about a program that's just been very average and not at all successful. I Ouch. shouldn't say at all successful. Ouch. That was harsh. That was a little rude. I mean, my football team hasn't been either. I, I will give you guys that. But, like, no one is, like, overly excited about Texas Tech football. This is going to be clipped and, like, taken out, and people are going to be so mad that we said that. But maybe they can be. Maybe they can be. Um, nice. But $200 million? Dollars? Well, and yeah. also. Yeah, buy access to Texas Tech. Yeah. Watch um, them be, like, really good in, like, the they are 15 they got, this year. Like, God damn it. Bailey Zappi, the man who made him, is going to be running that offense. They got a little organ transfer court. I'm just saying, like, I think they're going to be fun. Now. Here's the part of this that I like. The school said this from ESPN. I'm like reading that like this is like a like a legitimate like reporter thing to do. But ESPN, the school said the project will be largely funded through private fundraising. Love that. And annual <laughs> athletic department revenue streams, such as the sale of new premium seating. So what that means is they're going to build like these um, just amazing cathedral boxes, right? And if mm -hmm. you gave five to ten million dollars, which some people probably did, y'all get this box for life. Thank you so much for the contribution to it. The other thing I'll say, Paige, is this shit really is important. And if you are Texas Tech, um, you need to have this because you're yeah. not going to compete with Texas in terms of name um, or conference status or NIL yeah. or any of that. You're going to have to compete with this. Northwestern which is like that way, like 20 minutes. Have you ever seen their practice facility? Like what it, it, it's on Lake Michigan and it's like glass windows and it looks like you're in paradise. You are not in the winter. It's clearly not paradise, but it is beautiful. So if you're going to be Texas tech, you have to find a way to separate yourself. $200 yeah. million can at least help. The problem is Alabama will probably spend $400 million and you'll still be Texas tech. Here's the thing. Now that I think about it, like if I had, that kind of money. Like, if I was sitting on, like, $25 million, I would give Arizona, like, five. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, for athletics. Like, I know our football program isn't, like, fantastic, but, like, I would certainly contribute to that. I would obviously contribute to um, the basketball facilities. Um, Name, image, and any women's sports. Any women's sports. I actually, I could go for a building named after me, like the journalism building. So, go for it. Um, yeah, now building? I'm just thinking, I'm I'm really, everyone in Arizona needs to pray that I just start making a shit ton of money because I'm willing oh, no. to go and give it to, to no. the, that school in any capacity, but just put my name on it. I absolutely I could see you, like, either legit or rogue booster. Like, name, image, <laughs> and likeness, create, like, some 
faux business out in Tucson mm-hmm. and just start yeah. absolutely funneling money um, to players. To basketball recruits and football recruits. To basketball yeah, recruits. Yeah. Yes. Football, I think football needs you more. Like you, you yeah, can be yes. the football yes. savior. Um, yes. And we would never pay. Fine. We would never pay um, college basketball players. I just, that's not heard of. In, oh, I God. Sort of oh, um, no. My, <laughs> but oh, no. I would say, um, yeah, I would certainly contribute to like a five-star quarterback going. Um, like, can you, right, well, I could, and I could also probably rally some other U of A alumni to give. Well, as this well. is why, like, this is the Texas A&M plan is what you're saying is exactly. The Miami plan too. It's the everybody plan, which we'll talk the about. The everybody but plan, it, yes. This is, well, here, let's, let's look. Cause we recruiting, there's a lot of, um, with the early signing period, this has become a really active time for recruiting. Um, and so when this you is look very at, random, but have we gotten yeah. rid of the the December one yet? Have we decided that that needs to? Go? We I mean we've decided we've, that we've we that we, we have decided, but like that I would I don't like believe, to know if that's gone away. I believe they've talked about doing away with it. I don't think it's officially. We need to. We need to. Um, officially gone. Early signs okay. of pregnancy. No, that is not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for early. <laughs> Signing I knew period. today's podcast was going to get weird. I told you. Yeah. So, no, I think right. it still exists, but it does need to go. Um, but here's what I find interesting. So, yes. Okay. Are you looking at the classes? Can I ask you who you think is the top five in recruiting right now? Do, if you've already looked at it, the game is ruined. And I did send you the link, so the game might be ruined. But I have not looked at it. Would you like to take a stab at this? I'm putting you on the spot. So if you say no, I mean, I'll for just... next year for 2023, 23. Cause I, I find, think, I, I, I would find think three... Alabama and Georgia are still at the top. Or is Alabama that not and real? Georgia are Georgia is nine and Alabama is 12. Now, you know, what? they'll get their I way mean, up there. Yes. Yeah. This is so currently then I have no idea. Right I mean, now. I would guess, okay. I would guess Miami is pretty high up because of Miami what I've seen is number seven, which for them okay. is, Phenomenal. They have 14 commitments. Who's number one? A, Ohio State. That one's actually oh, not that was that stupid. Shocking. That was stupid. No, no, no. They it's, got a guy today, but, I think. Yes, they have. They have. I mean, the wide receivers, if you play now wide receiver. So they have two five-star. They have the number two and number three wide receivers uh, in the country right now. Number two, Notre Dame. That is a little surprising. But, but here's why it's interesting to me. When Marcus Freeman was named head coach, he kind of basically said in his press conference that he's going to spend his time doing the recruiting. Like he is the first recruiter, which I found pretty yeah. interesting. And it seems to be paying off. You don't it's normally 16, see Notre Dame this exactly. You don't see Notre Dame normally this high in no. anything. Will it hold? Who knows? But from the academic standpoint, number one, uh, edge rusher, five star, and they're recruiting all over the place, dude. That was the other thing I saw: Florida, Texas, Illinois, Indiana, Missouri, Ohio. I mean, they're everywhere. So I found that interesting. Okay, number three team. I'm going to give you a hint. The rest of the top five is orange-ish. We just talked uh, about him. He's going to say something stupid in the next week. Oh, Clemson. Dabo. Yes. Now, are you? I'm a little surprised at this. They've lost like their entire coaching staff, right? Yeah. Like, except Dabo. And they're still doing their thing. 
And you don't hear them really in the NIL discussions all that much. Okay, number four is no, Texas. No, because they're going to keep it under wraps as much as possible. Because they don't want people to ask Dabo about it. If you're taking money from Clemson, it's not going to be something you announce or promoting like until you actually have to for whatever deal you signed. That's a yeah, that's a conversation between you and God at the moment. Now, number four is Texas. <laughs> you've got Arch Manning. You've got a five star yeah. wide receiver. You've got I think they have three five stars already. That class is gonna go up. And then number five, Tennessee. This is the one that intrigues me. You've got Nico, the $8 million QB, who, by the way, Paige, people, I was listening to this and talking to some recruiting people. A lot of people think that he's going to be better than Arch and like him better than Arch. That actually is a thing I think could see happening by the end of the cycle. Are they that Tennessee he fans? Well, some of them might be. But they think he could actually overtake him as the number one player in the class. Um, Tennessee is another deep-pocketed like school that you know is going to step up. So you're so in their top seven, you have Miami, you have Tennessee, and you have Texas. And you also have Penn State in there, which I think is fascinating. But if you're looking at the influence of like NIL, and Miami has just absolutely been crushing it, I am, I'm fascinated to see how the recruiting rankings go because this is like our first real NIL experience, right? This is our first full go of it, it feels like. Yeah. I feel like we might see changes but i don't think it's going to be as significant i also think it will shift back once in the next few years they like kids realize that coaching really does matter so like when you go to a school and you don't get the playing time you think or you're not developed the way you want to or things like that um that i think will be a factor i'm also kind of curious i was just this sort of just came up as i was thinking about like kids not getting the playing time they want, but having like big, big like NIL deals with like boosters or like whatever the like, what do they called it? It starts with a C. Oh, um, um, the collectives. Collectives. Thank you. Yeah. Um, what happens if they want to transfer? Like, do you have to give any money back? Is that part of your contract? That like, um, if you yes. don't stay in school at this school for a certain amount of years, like people might get locked into being at places because I the transfer imagine, thing is so yes. sexy now, but hmm. I think the way the contracts are, it's probably varies, right? There's probably huge signing bonuses and it's year to year. Um, I would imagine is happening. Um, by the way, it's like a Kyler I, Murray situation where he like commits to something and then has to give that money back because he chooses another life. Yeah. Path. Back in the day, if somebody got you a car, you could just keep the car because what are you going to do? Like what's somebody going to do? Tell on you? <laughs> what, like, are gonna what are they going to say? Yeah. What are they going to say? I, but this is like a binding agreement. I, I find yeah. it – I was just looking down this list, by the way, because I was saying like, hey, where is Texas A&M on this? And they're at number 60, right behind Temple. Now, that's going to change, but I do find that – like early recruiting is weird. Also, Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, number 62. That's not great. Lane Train got to get it going. So – um, also, you no, have to realize I, some of these guys probably are paying attention to the transfer portal and the guys that are coming over and going to be there. I That'll probably have an impact on it. It absolutely will. Back to your original point, though. The early signing period has not been good for college football. Like, now it's fine. If you want to have active active recruiting, that's great. Um, Oregon landing one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Like, there's a, a lot of movement. 
But I hate Paige when we get to like early December and we're like, oh my God, we have to cover this thing. Or how is this going to go down? I love college football. That is my number one pet peeve is that like, I'm so focused on what's happening with the season and what's about to happen with bowl season and playoff. It, nothing makes me more annoyed than having to cover that early side window. No, I, and it makes me depressed on the February, the first Wednesday in February, because then I'm like, this isn't cool anymore. We know where everyone's going. It's not Um, fun. It's not fun. It has absolutely destroyed, uh, the signing day. Signing day really isn't a thing. It's, yeah, I'm with you there. Um, okay, let's transition to golf. We talked some live tour stuff last week. Mm-hmm. Now, Tiger, who, by the way, did you see that there was um, like retirement rumors uh, circling around Tiger at all? I don't no. know if you saw that. And then he I was would... asked about today and he just was like, no, 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 no. Like in the most Tiger way possible, basically said like, Playing in a limited schedule, but like, hell no, I ain't retiring. So I wanted to. Okay, thank goodness. Because one, concerns. I would have had like a mental breakdown on Twitter if that was the case. So I'm glad I didn't see it. But I was really curious how in Tiger would go um, because he's not really been in the spotlight for a bit. And mm-hmm. we know he reportedly got offered a bajillion dollars, literally like $750 million. Yeah, to like and, he said, and he said no. And so I was kind of curious because you've read, I've read Rory the last few weeks. And he's kind of walked it back and then he's, and then he, and then he like, you know, lashes out again, but like Tiger ain't having it. And so just reading here, he goes, I disagree with it. When he asked about leaving the tour, I think that what they've done is they've turned their back on what has allowed them to get in this position. Rips on the 54 hole game, lips, rips on the format, really questions if they're going to be able to play in the majors, why they would jeopardize that. So we, we are team Tiger. But I think the, mm-hmm. the thing that's funny about asking Tiger this when you think about it, he is the epitome of the grind. Maybe not anymore, but this is a guy that like wants to rip your face off and the money is probably second, but he wants to embarrass you. And the thought of him probably trying to do this on an exhibition tour, I would mm-hmm. imagine enrages him, Paige. Like I, I kind of love that he's now like, like this is loser talk, basically. Yeah. I mean, it to me it is. Like, I look, I understand that, like, go make your money, do whatever with the product. If people enjoy it, people enjoy it. Things are certainly changing when it comes to sports. Like, the way people view it and how much, um, like, I mean, we watch, like, YouTubers fight now. You know what I mean? Like, it, yes. everything is really changed in terms of, like, what we consider sports and watching. Not to say that that's not, I'm sure Jake Paul's a great fighter, but um, I can't watch fighting, so... I'm going to try, I think. So we're also, that's a sidebar. We're going to need, I I might need you to like tell me which things that I should actually pay attention to. But anyway, but I think, um, I just, it, he makes a good point. Like you wouldn't be in this situation and have the names and the places like the access to this stuff if it weren't for the PGA tour Yes. and being as good as you are and playing in, in like majors. I don't know. It just seems kind of lame. And I told you though. For me, like, what we know of Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson specifically, like, they don't care about that stuff. Like, that stuff is so, like, not what they're there for. They're good at golf, and they just want to make as much money as possible doing it. They don't care about, like, the history or the, like, it's just, they don't. They're, like, not those people who are really old school. They're, like, new school who really don't care. Like, I, I mean... 
it, it good for them. I wish I had that mentality where it's like, this is just what I'm good at and hey, I'm going to make money doing it. But that, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But it is offensive to those who take it like, like view it as like very sacred. And I don't know. I think like we've seen so much change in college football too. I think there are going to be a lot of people like I'm very curious. I have zero sources. I need to put this out there first. I'm curious how long Nick Saban stays around for this hot mess of a, a deal we got going here. Oh, like, no. I, I think he wants to win a few Whoa. more more championships. But, like, I mean, he's an, like an old school guy. You know? Yeah, I, th- I, no, I, I, I agree. I didn't mean to be such a downer. I didn't mean it's to just sad. bring that in. But. I don't know you're going there. No, I, I do think that this is – it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot for golf. It's a lot for college football. Change is not fun. Mostly. It's not. Like change you change you deal with, but change still is is not fun. On I, I just think it's you know, on the Tiger and really on the PGA tour front, it is amazing that the tour has these ambassadors for mm-hmm. their game. You have Tiger, you have Rory, you have Justin Thomas, you have got John Rahm, like pretty much the best players in the world who are collectively saying like we're good and turning down Hundreds of millions, if not yeah, more, so much guaranteed money. dollars. Like it's a big deal. Like to have them as the ambassador is huge. Um, I do have a couple of bets if we want to talk the open. Now, Lynx Golf page, I love it. I love the open. Um, but Lynx Golf is challenging. Here, I'll post the link in the in the chat too. Um, so I have a I always have a hard time betting the open. And the odds are really interesting too because you have Rory at nine to one. That's not shocking, but like Xander Shoffley, I know he just played well, twelve to one. Scotty Scheffler fourteen to one. Justin Thomas sixteen to one. Spieth at sixteen to one. Rom at sixteen to one. I really like Justin Thomas at sixteen to one. Yeah, um, I, but I feel like I like Justin Thomas for every golf event. I just think his game is so well rounded. I haven't looked at the weather. I don't know what the conditions are going to be. But you have to be, like, creative and you have to, like, be fearless, I feel like, in these Lynx courses. Um, so Justin Thomas is the guy, like, wow, Brooks Kepka 50 to 1, Tiger Woods at 60 to 1, by the way. Which is just fascinating to see them, A, just next to each other, but that far down the list. So Justin Thomas, it's chalky. Yeah, it's not that chalky. He's, like, the fourth or fifth selection there. But I there. feel like you kind of have to be chalky in golf. Like... Yeah. Go with who's hot. Go with in this in this case it's not really who's hot. It's who has the most control of their game essentially. Yes. Um and JT is probably the most like consistent guy. I mean aside I, from Tiger Woods, yeah. but we don't know what level of Tiger we're going to get. Um I would say he's the the best choice in that. I would have gone with with JT too. And then the other one I kind of like is Fitzpatrick, which is kind of boring too, but 18 to 1. Um but I'm excited. Open is always fun. St. Andrews is like just the views and everything are bizarre. Um, so that should be good. But now it's I want to so talk. Pretty. Oh, it's awesome. I want to get your thoughts on. So the next time we record um, baseball all-star game will be passed, yes. which means the home run derby will be behind us. Do you give a shit about the home run derby? I love the home run derby. Okay, good. We did not like, talk about I this. I like we baseball. Should. Well, besides the fact that, like, it doesn't really matter, I do like baseball's all-star game. I enjoy it. It's that way it better than the NBA. 
Oh yeah, no, it's fine. Like when it used to be home field, that was terrible. Um, it's still, I mean, no, it doesn't mean home field for the World Series. That was really bad. But now it's like you get these juiced up batters and juiced up pitchers, and I don't mean that by yeah. steroids, by the way, but just like the best <laughs> in the world. And it, it, like, I agree with you. But Paige, home run derby. I don't know if we've ever, if 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 you knew this about me. I went to the home run derby five years, five or six years in a row with my dad. It was like this thing that. we did. And it was during the steroid era. So it was like McGuire and Bonds and Sosa. And it was like the coolest goddamn ever. It, it was amazing. Yeah. And I remember too, like watching Ichiro take batting practice was one of the craziest things you've ever seen. Ichiro could hit the ball like 450 feet consistently when he wanted to, but didn't need to. But that flash forward to the home run derby. The home run derby was like dying. I thought like, I don't know, four or five years ago, they switched yeah. it to the time. And now it's like fun again. Like it's been, I'm actually, of course my Homer Pete Alonzo Mets fan alert. Like, yes. you know why I'm talking about this because I am a Homer and he's won the last two. I am a sucker a for the home run. I am a Homer for the home run derby and I'm a Homer <laughs> for Pete Alonzo. So I am excited for this. Um, Yet one other like flare in the road that we're getting close to college football is when the home run derby happens for me. So I'm ready for it. Yeah, I actually really like baseball's all-star weekend because I feel like in every other sport, you pretty much know the like, you know, the big name guys pretty well because like there's so much media coverage of them. But I feel like the baseball season's so long and there's so many guys that like it's a little bit harder. Um, For sure. And I feel like you get to see a lot more. Plus, I love the families and, like, the red carpet stuff. Like, Charlie Freeman on the red carpet last year was just fantastic. So, oh, yes. I, I'm here for, like, the feels content um, during MLB All-Star for sure. Uh, yes, it will be fun. Um, any other college football, non-college football? Um, I, my last thing, Paige, are you watching Better Call Saul? We've talked about no. shows on this show. Oh, my God. You need to, if, did you watch Breaking Bad? No. Oh my God. We have like complete opposite show things, I think. Like you need to, you need but to. But also I've asked you to watch Drive to Survive like 10 times. So I, uh, it came up this it weekend. This, uh, this past it, weekend was a good race. It was a great race. I heard, well, actually it's very sad for my specific favorite driver, but it's fine. Yes. No, I My heard. team still won. So you actually like root for a team now? Yeah, Ferrari. Okay. I like pain. It's much so Big Cat, um, he is a Ferrari fan and his um explanation for why he chose Ferrari is because like the teams he roots for are like historically good, but like painfully bad now. Um and Ferrari <laughs> has had pretty much a whole mess of things that happen. You just have to watch. You really need like it's become a full on obsession. Like I have um, like most of my friends like like sports, but they're certainly not into it the way that I am. They watch Drive to Survive with their like husbands or fiancés or whatever, and they have now gotten into it. And on Sunday, the race was at 6 a.m. And my like girlfriend Jesus. group chat was going off at like 6 a.m. about the race because like we were all awake watching it. Oh, Jesus. Um, well, God bless you for that. Uh, <laughs> I No, I need to watch it. It came up. Jason came over, said, I heard you talking about the doc. Have you started it? I, no. 
Has he um, watched it? He has not. But it's good. I, you guys, I'm I'm out of good. TV I think Caitlin right would even enjoy it. Watch it with your wife. No, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. We need something to watch. Um, so I'm I'm gonna have to do it because I do feel like I'm getting left out when you the are. race is going you on. Twitter, I, Twitter is like bumping right now. I personally like was late to the party, and I'm like kicking myself for being so late to the party because this has been going on for a few years now. But I am like legitimately so obsessed. It's it's gotten to a point where it's like a little obnoxious, but like that's just how I operate when I be like find a new thing that I love. This is sort of like what happens when you like love college football and you like just get yeah. so sucked in. Yes, yes, I'm I with promise you, there. you can get into it. I know it's motorsports. I, I know, I've never no been doubt. like a motorsport person. No, I I've uh, I did go on the Fourth of July to a a oh jesus it was basically retired nascars race in okay. onalaska lacrosse wisconsin it was awesome my kids loved Say it that right? again? my youngest it's Where? like retired it on alaska wisconsin is the name of it okay. o-n-a-l-a-s-k-a I, I realize i've said that is so that normal. polish uh i don't know it's it's it was fun though you were close to these cars they had like those mini very mini cars have you ever seen that like i mean super mini I don't even know if like I the can cars. Like, um, they're like NASCARs, but a third of the size. Okay. And they were racing them, and it was oh, my kids loved it. It wasn't as loud too, because have you ever actually been to a form? Have you been to a race, an F one or a NASCAR race yet? No, but I will be you going to all of the F one races. By the way, I can't believe how loud it is. So people had sold, told me like, hey, you need to wear earplugs. It's like, yeah, whatever. And You're I like, by whatever. like. Oh no! It was it was horrifyingly and awesomely loud. Um, I I think I've been to like a monster truck thing, and I was like, "This is not." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, girls, like I will, I will watch a race before the next episode. That will happen, or I will watch a episode before our next episode." Yes, it's not as exciting when you don't know the storylines because, like, as you get into it, like you like care so much about the people that are involved. Yes. I like I can't explain to you how obsessed that I am. Like it, it consumes a lot of my like sports things. Like my family, the way we talk, like everything is like an F one reference now because everyone's just so invested in it. No, and I'm all in. my friends. So I'm in. I need all you right. to be in. By next week, I will have a review of the first episode, at okay, least. Perfect. Okay, for Paige, I'm Adam. We've got preview stuff coming up galore over the next couple of weeks and months. Media days, all that stuff. Can't wait. Talk to you guys next week. Mm-hmm.